0: You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank Show, and we are into the heart of conference season on the hardwood. Um, there were a ton of upsets in the last week. Uh, cynics might say that makes them lose their luster a little bit. I I just enjoy watching the chaos each and every night. Um, there will probably be more tonight. After we're done recording this, a big Tuesday of college hoops on deck. Let's look back at uh, the week that was. I'm going to start off with a winner. Um, and One of the teams I need to shout out is the TCU Horned Frogs. Mm-hmm. Could have spiraled after a really tough loss at Allen Fieldhouse. Uh, a questionable call near the end of that. Flagrant uh, that ended up more or less uh, helping lead Kansas to a victory, but bounce back from that heartbreaking loss. Pair of top 10 wins over Oklahoma and over Houston, Emmanuel Miller is playing outstanding basketball 27-9 against Oklahoma. Had the game-winning layup against Houston. Quieter overall game there, but still coming up big where it matters. And TCU is kind of an inspiration or um, something to strive for when you look at, I, I think, excluding Houston, but when you look at the new entrance into the Big 12, they took their lumps early when they joined from the Mountain West, some really rough seasons. But now with Jamie Dixon, they're in the mix each and every year, and I mean this this season is no exception.
1: Yeah, guard play to guard play has been really the story for TCU. Obviously, Mike Miles there last year uh, kind of brought them onto the scene a couple of years ago. Their, their guard play has been very good. Jameer Nelson Jr. playing well. Uh, Micah Peavy as well getting in the mix there. I think, I think the two things that, that strike me the most about TCU are, is just overall consistency. Uh, it's something that we have seen from Jamie Dixon teams in the past, but overall, uh, the makeup is very similar. The, the style of play is very similar. He's not really having to do too much different for this team uh and the other big thing is that they rise to the occasion i mean if you look at their schedule outside of that nevada loss which really isn't uh as bad as it looks they they have played well against pretty much every good team they have faced especially in the last three games they have looked very good uh but they have dealt with just about all the issues uh that that you could come up against obviously a game at georgetown stand may stand out in that group Trust me, it is very difficult to play a Capital One Arena, especially when there are about 200 people, including the staff, uh, there playing er, there for the game. But they're just they just seem battle tested, even if they haven't played necessarily the toughest schedule. And I think it's a, a testament to just like Jamie Dixon's style overall.
0: Yeah, I mean that that was when Nevada was playing its best basketball this season. They had the loss earlier in the season to Clemson, when Clemson was playing. Their best basketball of the season, um, which they clearly are not anymore, um, and mm-hmm. then just do everything but win at Allen Fieldhouse. So, really hard to to pick apart the resume. And yeah, like this is the time of year when you want to play your best basketball. They it's it's an absolute gauntlet in the Big Twelve, and that is no more apparent than starting with three straight top ten opponents in conference yeah. play. But I mean, TCU is very close to going three and zero here. It doesn't get much easier. That is part of the the joy of being in this conference. They've got Cincinnati, who's unranked, but that's a road game before a home game against Iowa State. And you know, teams like Texas Tech popping into the top twenty-five, Iowa State, of course, as well. TCU now finally deservedly into the top twenty-five and, and top twenty with the big jump after a big week. But yeah, <laughs> I, I mean they're getting quad one wins um, and that's that's an opportunity you're going to have almost every night seemingly in the big 12.
1: Yeah yeah And, and if they continue to rise to the occasion play to the level of the opponent then they're obviously going to be playing at a high level because we've already seen some chaos happen in the big 12 overall this is a very deep league but the top of the league is some of the best in the entire country.
0: One more Big 12 team I want to shout out. Uh, Baylor. The Baylor Bears, speaking of the top of the league, they are now 3-0. Um, a lot was said earlier in the season about the defense or lack thereof, uh, especially in the back-to-back losses to Michigan State and Duke. Um, still not perfect, but kind of showing a, a bit more ability to win in multiple ways, which is not something I could have said earlier in the season. Um, they they cooked offensively against BYU. They were able to win a rock fight against Cincinnati. So even just a, a step in the right direction of, you know, not an aesthetically perfect game from our offense. we're still able to find a way to win against a quality opponent. And because of that, they're three and0 in the big 12 um, and seemingly building momentum week to week. They've got a phenomenal backcourt. Um, we can talk a lot about, but they're doing themselves a lot of favors by picking it up a little bit defensively as well.
1: Baylor Baylor didn't even shoot the ball particularly well this week. I would say overall, obviously, the the difference is going to be when you play a team like BYU, they want to get up and down the floor. They're going to play Uh, a little bit faster and that lends itself to a a more offensive game, which is what we saw. They did hold BYU to nine of 24 shooting from three, uh, and, and got aggressive, went downhill, got, got foul calls, uh, to get to the line 28 times in that win. And then Cincinnati, they showed the other, the other side of the coin where they can play that slow it down, kind of grind it out style, even if they aren't shooting the ball particularly well, which they were not, they were four of 25, I think from three and, uh, yeah, Baylor again. Just getting back to to their roots, getting back to what they're good at shooting. Uh, regardless of how they're shooting the ball, they are playing great defense right now, and that's that's what they need to do throughout this season because uh, their their defense really feeds the offense.
0: Absolutely. Uh, who did you have as a winner from last week?
1: I am going to go with Wisconsin. Yep, and I say this that. I say this both meaning it, but also because someone has to lead the Big Ten, and seemingly no one wants to at this point. Um, Wisconsin has not played the toughest Big Ten schedule out there. They have beaten Michigan State, Iowa, Nebraska, and then most recently Ohio State and Northwestern, uh, two teams that have struggled, plain and simple, uh, here early in the the Big Ten schedule. But getting nice wins holding those offenses – to 63 points or less. AJ Store has been great. Klesmit had a, a monster game against Northwestern. Uh, and then at Ohio State, they really did uh, what they needed to do slow to, excuse me, to slow everyone down, specifically Bruce Thornton, who's had a, a really good start to this season for, for the Buckeyes. But they look good defensively. They're actually able to score the ball a little bit right now. Um and they do have like a go-to score, which is something that we haven't been able to say for a few years now.
0: Yeah, AJ Store is very much an atypical Wisconsin player because he is a lot of fun, very athletic, and can make highlight real plays on offense. Um the, the rest of the team around him is is very solid. Um, you know, a lot of the swoon last season was when Wall went down. He's been healthy and productive. Uh, Klesmet has been coming on very strong. Um, and yeah, th- this is not a Wisconsin team that I think anyone nationally is really worried about. I, I think their big showcase yeah. opportunity was against Arizona where it didn't go so well. Um, and Arizona has not looked great since. We will get to that later. Let me tell you. But uh, <laughs> I, w- Wisconsin, just in the context of the Big Ten, like Big Ten, this is kind of the problem. To win the Big Ten uh, conference title and to win a national title or go on a run in the uh, NCAA tournament, two very different teams, two very different styles of basketball. Um, and That's why there's been largely a dearth of quality guards in the conference, which is why a team like last year's Michigan State team was set up much better to go on a run in March. They didn't really have the bigs to compete night in, night out in the Big Ten. Stephen Crowell is not the best big in the conference, but Wisconsin puts enough around him to really differentiate themselves a little bit. Um, I mean, you've got a lot of teams that are still built to win rock fights. That's normally Wisconsin, but now they have just enough scoring. If Greg Gard ever wanted to let us uh, Connor Asesian loose. Um, I know he doesn't love his defense, but Acision was great as a freshman. Great scorer. You can always <laughs> use more of that. But if he doesn't play him, um, I've got plenty of playing time for you available in Bloomington, uh, <laughs> Mister Fort Wayne native. Come on down. But uh, yeah, I. It's uh It's it's a, a great start. You've got a two game lead in the loss column on everyone. Um and I mean you'll you'll have you'll have a three game lead in the lost column on almost everyone important um after tonight. I, I guess Purdue will probably still be within two games, as will Illinois and Northwestern, a full two games behind. But mm-hmm. we're very early in the season. We're starting to see separation from Wisconsin. Um they, it's it starts. It's time to start having the conversation. Could Wisconsin win the Big time? I think. I think the answer is yes. They could.
1: Yeah, and the biggest thing, in my opinion, I, I we both have touched on it in different ways, but it's not needing Chucky Hepburn to be the guy down the stretch. Like I think last year's Wisconsin team's fatal flaws—they didn't have anyone that they could go to consistently down the stretch that that they trusted to go get a bucket and so often that guy was chucky hepburn and nothing against him he's just not he's just not that late game scorer he's not the guy that you want the ball that you want uh to have the ball in his hands late you want him to to facilitate and make a play you don't want him taking the 25 foot step back jumper you know this isn't the johnny davis years he he isn't that guy he needs to be getting downhill moving trying to find an opening for his teammates and now now they have AJ Store, who who's able to do that. Wall has, you know, a three level game. Crowell, even to an extent, has a three level game. Um, th- these are like very nice complementary pieces to fit what Chucky Hepburn actually does well.
0: Yeah, he, I mean, he was a you know not trying to make a pun, but he was a chucker last year. Um, yeah. I, I mean, his his efficiency numbers are much better this year. As his overall scoring is down, but yeah they've they've got a j story they don't uh they don't need johnny davis type also just super underrated one of the worst lottery picks of all time does not get <laughs> talked about enough um but the run at wisconsin was magical um but yeah they're uh they're sharing the ball um he is sharing the ball a lot better this year and and yeah it's uh it it has been dare i say fun to watch at times it has which is a, a far cry from usual. Yeah, I I had, I had Wisconsin as well. That was my last winner. Um, so, any any more you got?
1: I had yeah. yeah, two more out west. Uh, a team that we and I specifically had left for dead. The Gales of St. Mary's. They are I won't say back, but they have won five in a row and quietly have won ten of their last eleven games. Since a loss to Boise State, yes, there is a loss to Missouri State in there. Yes, their best win is Santa Clara, but Santa Clara just beat Gonzaga. That wins all that better. matters. All that matters is winning the games on your schedule. They are four and zero right now in West Coast Conference play. They have a great game coming up on Saturday, I believe, at San Francisco. That should be a really fun one. Uh, before they they kind of get into the thick of the schedule with gonzaga twice in february and then the beginning of march i think this team just needed a little confidence to be honest with you they they were playing a difficult schedule but they were also hitting a slide at the absolute worst time in the non-conference and and we, t- we talk about confidence a lot in college basketball uh and college football but specifically this time of year when you're playing teams that you play so often it is important to have that confidence up because the most dangerous teams are the most confident ones because they will not be afraid to take the open look. They will be aggressive. They will do the things uh, that help you win games. And I think that's what we're finally starting to see out of St. Mary's. They are, they have not shot the ball well this year, but they are starting to pick it up slowly but surely.
0: Yeah. And maybe also just needed a little bit of the, the pressure expectations off of them. Um,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Now it might come Roaring back um, because Gonzaga is floundering, and there seems to be an opportunity for someone else to win the West Coast Conference. But, um, yeah, it's it has uh, it has been pretty impressive to kind of watch St. Mary's from a distance, string some wins together, and they're still thirty first in the net, I believe. Um, so they're they're in a, a good spot. They're defending at a very high level. Um, they're like you said, not always shooting the ball great, but they do have some some absolute clinics. So kind of the, one of the problems early in the season was there wasn't a lot of help for um, Mahaney offensively, and then you know back to back games. Most recently, they kind of come out and torch the Nets. They hit 16 threes against Portland in a 43 point win. That is a much better Portland program um, than it's been. Once uh, what's his name, Chance Legans took over, and then the team that uh, that just beat <laughs> Gonzaga—they blow out by 24. That's um, Santa Clara. Um, you know, just that lockdown defense holding the Broncos under 50 points. So. They can beat you both ways. They're going to be a defense-first team because it's still kind of inconsistent at times who's going to be the secondary scoring outside of Mahaney, but very dangerous, trending towards making the tournament, which was not uh, really on the table not too long ago.
1: Yeah, they they are finally playing to the level that we had hoped, expected. Whichever Whichever one of those fits best but uh yeah they're they're starting to look a lot better a lot more like themselves defensively they're playing solid and uh offensively the ball's going through the hoop they were up 34 to 8 at one point in that santa clara game i mean that is a a blowout no matter who you're playing
0: yeah that is Um, for sure
1: last one i've got the lopes grand canyon 6-0, 16-1 6-0, 16-1 on the season. Their lone loss is to South Carolina. They have won, I believe it's 13 straight games. Ty and Grant Foster has been an absolute star for this team. They score the ball a ton. They rebound it pretty well. Uh, they are just all around a really fun team to watch. They are top 60 in Ken Palm. They play uh, a complete game. They're 40th in the net. They, they have a real chance to get an at-large bid they can afford one loss and i imagine that utah valley is probably the only team that they could afford to lose to but or Stephen f austin maybe but this team is setting themselves up very nicely for not just a shot in the ncaa tournament but a chance to to win a couple games get themselves a good seed
0: yeah, and that that is a team you absolutely do not want to play. Um, I don't think anyone really does. Um, they they've already shown San Diego State what they can do this season, um, and and yeah, they're they're just going to continue to to creep up in in the net um, if they continue blowing teams out. But yeah, it's uh, it, it's it's also kind of created a. Uh, who is this, Goodman or uh I think so, just kind of trying to talk shit about uh Jerry Stackhouse and be like, look what Bryce Dew is doing at Grand Canyon. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's good, but also let's look at how he ended his uh his tenure at Vanderbilt. There's a reason yeah. he was shown the door. Um, but yeah, this is this is a great uh sort of resurrection of of his his coaching career um and and yeah it's it's a a much different whack without New Mexico State and and yeah like you said Stephen F Austin is is kind of the challenger there before the the fight in Billy Gillespie's but um yeah it's uh it looks like they are in complete control of their own destiny um i i think this is a a team or a uh a conference they should easily win um, mm-hmm. with their DePaul legends leading the way, Grant Foster. Um, but yeah, I uh, I, I think it, it'll take a uh, pretty pretty massive collapse to miss the tournament at this point.
1: Yeah, and again, this is this is one of
0: the the more fun schools that that
1: maybe not a lot of people know about. Great atmosphere for a basketball game so definitely if you are up late watching uh, some college basketball try and flip on some west coast hoops see the see the lopes play it is a uh truly electric environment
0: it, it is very insane like yeah there, there are conspiracy theories running amok um as to what exactly is going on in the student section but they they always bring the noise they do that's it for winners Okay. Um, guess I had a lot of Big 12 stuff today, um, but I have to to start loser with uh, Houston. They have lost. They have lost twice now. Um, starting starting Big 12 play in earnest, I will say. Cause West Virginia is, uh, I think, pretty clearly the worst team in the conference to this point in the season. So they got the win over the Mountaineers, and then back to back. Losses to Iowa State and aforementioned TCU Horned Frogs and Houston is a great team. Houston is a great program. They are a bit uh, less up to the task in terms of physicality than I would have expected um, from kind of the the brand of basketball that that Kelvin Sampson has. Um, so he usually has some. Some workhorses down low to go along with um, pretty good backcourt, but they are they're giving up a lot of size across the board, and that is coming back to hurt them in some of these Big 12 matchups. A lot of time to kind of get things right, but this was the first taste of you know, major conference, Big Twelve basketball. He thought, out of all the teams that are joining the conference for the first time, like Houston, not really going to have a learning curve. They're going to be able to kind of seamlessly come in and just keep winning at the clip they had been doing previously in the American. And, you know, as we're seeing, that's that's just not the case. It's a very, very good conference.
1: Yeah, they you can't have an off night in the Big 12. And they had two off nights and and they found out the hard way. Uh, that that will will end up costing them. Offensively, they were not good against Iowa State. Plain and simple, they did not shoot the ball well. Uh, they did not just they did not pass the ball well. They didn't really do anything on that side of the ball, uh, particularly well. Against TCU, it was just defensive breakdowns that that killed this team. They they gave up uh, a couple of late buckets that normally you don't expect. And and like you said, it could be. Ah, uh, the physicality piece, for sure. these are some big teams with some big guards, some some size that uh, you know Houston probably isn't used to, to playing outside of Memphis twice a year. And so they they really have to figure out how to put together a complete forty minute game. I am not worried overall about Houston, as I know you are not as well. Um, this is worrying to lose to Iowa State, to lose to TCU. As we've talked about, though, I think this TCU team is pretty good. Iowa State, we really haven't talked a ton about, but it is obviously difficult to go play at Hilton. First two road games of uh, you know twelve play ever, I think we can give them a little bit of a pass. If things go wrong against Texas or against uh, Cincinnati, someone of that light, of that ilk, maybe UCF, then then I think the alarm bells might start sounding. Uh, and and we have to ask questions about this team and their ability to win on the road but until that happens i think we'll we'll call this one a blip and and look for market improvement against texas Tech who is a team that that has played well lately but i don't think is is maybe as good as uh their record
0: or the number next to their name shows yeah playing extremely well though so that that would uh would be a big win because because really right now it's these aren't bad losses in a vacuum, but mm-hmm. now it kind of calls the rest of the schedule into question because Houston has a road win at Xavier. Yeah, that might be their best win because um, you know they they've got wins over other OK Dayton's teams aging
1: well, but still, yeah.
0: Dayton, Dayton's probably the best win, but kind of the the road win at, at Xavier right there. Utah has been up and down. AM and has struggled with injuries. Um, it's definitely not West Virginia, but yeah. you know that when you when you factor in these two losses, that schedule becomes a lot easier to pick apart. And that's that's not a, a situation you want to be in. They're not going to drop out of the rankings or anywhere close. But now you have to start stringing some quality wins together um, in the Big Twelve because nobody's going to give you credit for the West Virginia win, um, that was, that was just something you were expected to do.
1: Yeah. I think the the conversation turns more to one seed two seed where, where are they going to end up in that conversation? And as you kind of dissect the resume, I mean, if you look at the top of the quad rankings, North Carolina is up there, Villanova, or excuse me, uh, UConn is up there. All of these teams, Kansas is up there. These are teams that they are going up against for ones, two seeds, in the NCAA tournament, and their resume just does not stack up.
0: Yeah, we're, we are. We're going to see probably one seed with like seven losses this year. Um, yeah. If if it kind of continues at the the trajectory it is, because, yeah, like it is just so hard everywhere um, to win on the road. That's uh, where we're seeing really. Just if you have two games in a week, one home, one away, you're going one and one, you're winning the home game. Right. Who do you have as a loser?
1: Gonzaga. They yes. are out yeah. of the uh, AP Top 25 for the first time since, I think, 2016. I can't remember the exact number, but ends the ends a very long active streak. Uh, they gave away a game at Santa Clara. Credit to Santa Clara. They played well down the stretch, uh, really, to keep this game close. But Gonzaga should have won this game. They were up four with a minute left. They had uh, free throw attempts from Nemhard late and he could not hit it. And then just an unbelievable finish from Adama Ball to to win the game for Santa Clara. Uh, but it just continues to show the issues for Gonzaga. They look almost disinterested at times. And this is an Anton Watson had a career game in this one. 32 points, nine rebounds, six steals, and they still found a way uh, to lose it. Two guys basically showed up this entire game, and I would even argue um, that Nemhard really didn't play that well. Uh, he he had spurts where he played well, but he did not overall play well. EK needs to do more. Stromer needs to do more. Hickman has been around for a while. He should be contributing far more than he has. Uh, Braden Huff off the bench really was the saving grace for this team. Otherwise, this, this could have been a lot worse.
0: Yeah, I mean they they missed their first eleven threes. Only shot two for twenty from distance for the game. They just do not have that perimeter punch that we've grown accustomed to seeing. And Nemhard is a part of that. He has been struggling. It's what, and I mean, there was obviously more to the game than just this. But it's a situation, you know, he had an opportunity to come close to ice in the game. Misses a front end of a one and one um, with Gonzaga up one come right down give up a layup and that's the game um, so it's yeah Gonzaga certainly did not play well in this game but they did enough where they should have still been able to sneak out of there with the victory um, yeah. but still uh, late game management was was lacking yeah I mean it's it's been Watson and Huff have been probably the the two most consistent players and they they really just don't have a bench after that um, I mean Ben Greg, I, I think kind of wanted to, to get a little more production from, he mostly goes out and gets cardio, but, uh, ever since the, the steel ventures injury, it's been, uh, just a, a very, very tight rotation. And the, I mean, these guys just haven't been productive enough to kind of make up for that.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, it's ugly, plain and simple. EK needs to do more. Nemhard needs to play more in control. I think he, he's he has a long leash obviously and that's because the bench just isn't there who else are you going to put at point guard if he doesn't play it um, but that is that is the biggest problem right now for this team
0: yeah could I have gotten another year of eligibility out of Drew Tammy like I know he's not a <laughs> guard but called, it would
1: have saved a lot of problems though because so much of the yeah.
0: offense ran through him as opposed to yeah. needing Nemhard to dribble the ball for 15 seconds out of the 30 second shot clock so he'll he'll get you he'll get you thirty a night without dunking once just yeah good good below the rim game um all right uh whew. i'll do my last non big twelve team arizona mm-hmm. still just do not know what they want to be uh had an opportunity to to really create some positive momentum the prove it week against the the mountain teams just crushed Colorado, crushed Utah. Two of their biggest challenges in the standings to that point. Come around um, and travel to Kyle Smith in Washington State. Big Kyle Smith guy, West Coast Conference, uh, former coach in San Francisco, but um, Arizona cannot lose this game. Um, just th- This is a supposed to be a high-level offensive team. They shoot 13 of 21 from the free-throw line. They shoot 7 of 24 from the three-point line um, and ultimately lose this game. Um, it's it's just, I, I don't know if we're, we, we're just, every night we're just going to get to the point where uh, Caleb Love has taken 20-plus shots. because so I, I don't think that's a winning formula. There are going to be no. entertaining moments. In that, if you give him a sample size of 25 shots, as they did in this game, but um I, I think anyone would, would tell you, and Tommy Lloyd would certainly agree, there has to be a better way.
1: There does. And I think the answer is Calvin Boswell, but he obviously yeah. horribly in this game. He needs to search for his shot more, plain and simple. Caleb Love does that, and that's one of his best qualities, maybe to a fault, that he is not afraid to go look for his shot. He he goes out and finds Either opens positions or or just goes to get the ball to shoot it. Kylan Boswell needs to start doing a lot more of that. I know he does a little bit of everything, but at the same time, you can't go 25 minutes in this game not score a point, not grab a rebound, not and just basically do nothing other than turn the ball over and foul. Um, without that, there there is no balance to that that backcourt without uh, finding some some way for boswell to get the ball in his hands
0: yeah i'm i'm really surprised just in general that we haven't seen more of a leap from ballo's numbers because Mm -hmm. you know he was very productive last year um i believe was the mvp or all tournament team at maui and a lot of the season he was you know splitting paint touches with Tubelis who had a very high usage rate himself, very productive, very good player um, until everything unraveled against Princeton. But it is more his show this year. And I know they they added Johnson to the front court from San Diego State, but kind of surprised they're not going through him more, um, especially if they are having some uh, some cold spells from the perimeter.
1: Yeah, yeah. He, I mean, he's down in terms of. Field goal percentage, free throw percentage, assists, blocks, points per game. It, it, it's all down at this point. I don't know what the deal is, but he needs to, to get back on track.
0: Um, Last one for me for now. Um, Texas finally also not ranked. So they should not be. They lost to the aforementioned Mountaineers um, who are bad at basketball. And- yes. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's bleak. Tyrese Hunter, pretty much a no-show in this game. Four points, two of six shooting. Um, just asking, he is just the the Boswell to Max A. Smith's Caleb Love. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, it's Texas. Like you go through Texas' roster and you're like, oh, that guy's good. That guy's good. That guy's good. And they just have not put it together on the court in uh, you know terms of quality wins.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean I agree. I'm I'm looking through every week I look through the box score and I'm like, man, Shedrick should be doing a lot more. Yeah. Weaver, Hunter. Like Thiel Hunter was great at Iowa State and now there's nothing there. Um and so you you kind of just wonder where the disconnect is. I'm sorry, you, he was great at Pitt. Um and you just wonder where the disconnect is between what we've seen in the past and what's going on right now, typically a team that is super talented overall should be able to to mesh. And I guess there's just some sort of sticking point right now on this roster. Um, I don't know whether it's Ace Miss needing the ball in his hands being a ball dominant guard or just the fact that their forwards don't really provide that much offensive punch out of outside of Dylan Disu.
0: Yeah, which I, I mean It's not going to get any easier in the Big 12. Like that was West Virginia, should be like your one gimme game uh, this season. But yeah, that's that is concerning.
1: Big time. Uh, How about the Ohio State Buckeyes? They are concerning. They're doing terrific. (laughs) Three straight losses. uh, Most recently, losses to Wisconsin and then at Michigan on Martin Luther King day. I it was shocking to watch them lose that game uh, standalone as Rothstein loves to say power conference game and they know showed for about 26 of the 40 minutes in this game. They, they played decently well in the first 8 to 10 disappeared towards the end of the first half mostly throughout the second half and then finally showed up again late in that game took a lead and then fell apart down the stretch. They shot the three horrifically and just continue you just continue to wonder outside of bruce thornton who can this team rely on uh to get them consistent scoring roddy gale was inconsistent throughout this game he did get to the free throw line and score there uh you forget that zed key is even on this team just due to injuries and and limited playing time and things like that jameson battle was bad in this one two of ten from the field one of eight from three uh, and they gave up 12 of 23 for 50% from three-point range against this Michigan team who is not very good.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, anyone losing to Michigan right now in their present state is grounds for being in the loser section. Um, yeah. Have to mention this was at Michigan. So Doug McDaniel did play. He did. Uh, the The fake suspension just... Coming up in, uh, in Jawan's favor in this situation, but you know, yeah, as it,
1: as uh, Jimmy
0: Jackson said, th-
1: these aren't by NCAA standards. These are Michigan standards, so it's
0: that much yeah. higher. Yeah, that's that's why they, they can't get any transfers. Yeah. Um, and there's Nojel Eastern, right? I know Caleb Love had the issue too, but wasn't Nojel Eastern yeah. supposed to go to Michigan and then they were like, what are you talking about? Yeah, um, I believe so. Good times, but yeah, they uh, Ohio State just cannot finish games. Like they they've been up these last three weeks, um, or these last three games, you know, seven and nine points um, against Indiana and Wisconsin, and then they were seemingly in control against Michigan as well, but just inability to put teams away or you know just just go for the kill. I personally am having a good time because it once again makes. Goodman looked like an absolute buffoon. This is the same man who would just, after every Ohio State loss, they lost fourteen of fifteen last season. People forget, and after every loss, Goodman would just get on his Camelback, start carrying the water for for Chris Holtman. You know, like guys, they're actually not that bad. Guys, he's actually doing a pretty good job as loss after loss after loss piled up. And then he tried to take a, a victory lap in early January, which is the worst time you should do that for a Chris mm-hmm. Holman team. It's like, where are all the haters now? Um, and three straight losses later, um, we find ourselves here. And it's it's just, it it is kind of getting to the point now where um, you can kind of map out where um, This season is going to go for for Ohio State. They they come into the season some talent, some uh, some expectations, but realistically, like middle of the Big Ten, they kind of win a few more games than you might expect in non conference. Like all right ahead of schedule, and then we're kind of in the the January swoon um, Mm -hmm. of Holtman that. You know, maybe you find something near the end of the year they did last year, but ultimately I I don't know. It's uh like we're we're kind of in the in the swing of things where it's like, you know, this is a young team, they don't really have that killer instinct, they're losing games. At some point, this happening year after year is a reflection of coaching.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I I mean, there's there's just a lot to be desired from this team on a consistent basis, especially in Big Ten play. Like they are obviously capable of winning games against the top of the league. They are also just very much capable of losing games to the bottom of the league, and they seem to do that more often than they win.
0: Yeah, that's not a not a good place to be. That's when you you stack up the roster against a lot of the Big Ten, like it is more talented than a lot of them, but you just, yeah. again, you wouldn't be able to tell watching the play a lot of the time. Uh, last one for me, I've got uh, BYU. They are the kind of welcome to the Big 12 team where I think actually there is some reason for concern. Um, mm-hmm. They did not get a, a win to start. They had back-to-back losses. We kind of talked about Cincinnati already and then Baylor and um, I'm, I'm afraid, but I think the non-conference hot start may have been a bit of a mirage. Um, not unlike a similar hot start from Oklahoma, but for, um, pretty different reasons. Um, so I I think they're, they're pretty different basketball teams, but, Mm -hmm. um, That's this is the team I'm keeping my eye on for like potential swoon coming if uh, if the lights of the Big Twelve are just a little too bright for them.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is this is a hope and outscore them in a league that likes to play slow, grinded basketball. Like Iowa State and Texas Tech coming up will be very good tests because it is stylistically so different from the way BYU wants to play. They are also two teams that are playing well right now. Uh, I mean, Houston, you can throw in there as well. That's their next game after that. I think one win out of these three is probably success, a success. If they can somehow get two, that would be big. But 0-3 would be a disaster. And and putting them in, I, I don't want to call them fraud territory, but call, putting them in like peaking-too-soon territory.
0: Yeah, the... Fraudulent in terms of this is not a national title contending team. Um, yeah, certainly, but yeah, there there's there's still a solid basketball team, but you know, just any expectations that you might have had associated with their hot start just got to temper those a little bit. And and again, yeah. I, I think Oklahoma's in that same conversation.
1: Yeah, I'd agree there. Uh, Illinois, I'm going to throw the Illini in there
0: can't lose at home to Maryland.
1: You cannot lose at home to Maryland in January. Uh, they almost lost at home to Michigan state as well, which would have been just as bad. Uh, but you can't lose at home to Maryland. They, man, there are just a lot of questions about who is going to pick up the scoring slack with Terrence Shannon jr out Damask has, has stepped up and done the job thus far. He had 26 points in this game. Outside of that, though, Luke Goody cannot be your second best sc- or second leading scorer. Where is uh, Coleman Hawkins? Gary, you get from from Syracuse. he should be at least doing something in the, the paint. Seven points and five rebounds is not nearly enough. Dane Danger seemingly has been around Illinois forever, and he only is able to get on the floor for 10 minutes. They, they just don't have the guards to get themselves over the line at this point, and it is very much concerning.
0: Yeah, like e- even just getting Sky Clark back um, instead of running off to a dumpster fire in Louisville would would help matters a little bit. Um, Damascus has been excellent, but yeah, it's it's limited after that. Um, mm-hmm. kind of what you're getting from from Goody or, or Ty Rogers, and I, I mean, I don't know that less Coleman Hawkins is not a good thing. Um, I, I think he, he is the ultimate type of player who gets out over his skis. Um sometimes it's just mm-hmm. uh you know it's it's Coleman Hawkins time. Quote Coleman Hawkins, similar to the the Jordan Clarkson meme. Um yeah. And yeah, we've we've got assistant coaches, Tim Anderson, different Tim Anderson, getting in uh altercations and uh handshake lines with Julian Reese, which is just like sorry you're mad that just bodied Coleman Hawkins in the post for for twenty five minutes um and was chirping while I did it, like that's college yeah. basketball. Like there's nothing there there's nothing like with malicious intent there outside of just guys talking shit, which happens every single game. Um so literally probably, watch
1: any game where someone yeah. scores in the paint and you will see at least one person either on the court or
0: on the bench do the two small. Like, yeah so that
1: that's how the game works.
0: Which is always funny when it's like a six-two guy scoring, doing the doing the too small. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's that's nothing bad. Like Illinois, historically, not great losers, um, and that is somewhat okay, but not when you take it this far. Um, like you can be upset, but like don't be a coach trying to get after a, a kid in the the handshake line. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that, that just compounds things. But, yeah, it's it's not looking good. And it's just kind of the, the situation. Like, no one in the Big Ten wants to be good this year. That's fine. It's, it's Wisconsin's year. Um, these things happen. But, yeah, there is, there's a golden opportunity for Illinois to be, at worst, second best team in, in the Big Ten. Doesn't look like they want it right now. A lot of games left, but, you know, Maryland at home, pretty close to a gimme. Or yeah it, be?
1: it should be at this point and uh, especially with the way they've been playing
0: when no one else can win on the road it's like you're gonna you're gonna let maryland a, a team with pretty much a dead coach walk walk in, uh come in and
1: that can't win, shoot win pretty comfortably they just, yeah they cannot shoot the ball
0: yeah that's uh, uh
1: very difficult <laughs> um my last one is providence obviously uh, the Bryce Hopkins injury changes a lot for this team, but they've lost four in a row, including most recently a beat down at the hands of a decent, but injury riddled Xavier team. Uh, again, this is a home loss. This is something that Providence really doesn't do. And it was never particularly close. Devin Carter has stepped up admirably in uh, Bryce Hopkins absence. Josh Aduro, also same thing. He He's played very well. Outside of that, though, there's a lot to be desired. And this was the exact problem that you and I talked about, like steps up into that space. You're not going to replace a Bryce Hopkins, but between the guys they have and the talent they have, they should be able to disperse the loss amongst them and find ways to make it more manageable. And and unfortunately, at this point, between, you know, Corey Floyd, Jaden Pierre, Gary Duell, they, they are not or they have not been able to kind of make up any of that.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm afraid it is extremely over. They're closer to DePaul than they are to St. John's at this point. Um big game against DePaul actually coming up tomorrow, I want to say. Yeah. Um, that is the most must win of all must win games. Um, yeah. maybe even a can't lose. I don't know. But if you don't win that game, like just Turn in your jerseys. The season's over because there's no coming back from that. Like losing by twenty at home to this edition of Xavier is bad enough, but if this streak continues and they they fall to DePaul, then yeah, there's I I don't see a, a way to turn the season around.
1: I mean, the, their their next five are brutal. They have four road games, including at UConn, at Villanova, at DePaul, and then you've got Georgetown mixed in there as well. Like th- there are two basically can't lose games and then three games against number one in the country, Villanova, who's playing well right now. And then Seton Hall is one of the hotter teams in the big East. Like that, it's
0: just not easy. Yeah. I mean, they, they've screwed up the opportunity. Like Xavier, I believe came into that with a losing record on the season yeah. and you know, you're in your home gym where you don't lose to anyone except for Seton Hall and you get blown out. So yeah, that's, I don't know. It's pretty much every team is holding serve, but when you lose at home, especially to a team you're supposed to beat, we're going to call you out because it is very much an anomaly um, through conference play thus far. All right. Um, is Is that it for you?
1: That is everyone.
0: All right. I will get ready to Watch everyone's favorite streaming service, Peacock, your home for big Ten <laughs> basketball. Indiana Purdue tonight. Uh, so I'm glad we didn't have to talk about that on the show. Uh, we will be back next week for more college basketball talk, so we will see you then.